I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to the Gospel according to John. John chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. This is known as the prologue and the Gospel according to John. John chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, where John writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received Him, who believed in His name, He gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory as a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made Him known. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for this privilege of studying it together. And now as I stand before these, your people, for this is your church, I pray that this would be your message and not my own. Through the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. I love the celebration of Christmas. I love the Christmas carols that we sing. I love the nativity scenes. I love the stories in the scripture. Like Matthew. Matthew tells us how God spoke to Joseph. Matthew tells us that Jesus is the Messiah. And in just a few days, when we celebrate Epiphany, it will be Matthew who tells us of the wise men coming from the east to worship the Christ child. And of course, there's Luke. We love the story of Luke. Our nativity scenes are set up based largely on the story from Luke. How there was no room in the inn. Mary and Joseph go out to the stable. Jesus is born there, laid in a manger to be his cradle. We love those stories. The shepherds come to celebrate the gift of the Christ child. Oh, 
amazing stories as the angels sing glory to God in the highest heaven. John is different. John is totally different. Some argue that that John doesn't really tell the birth story of Jesus, and largely you could say that that's true because John does not get so hung up on exactly who came to the manger at the birth of Jesus. John's the theologian. John wants you to know why. Why did God do this? Why did God intervene? What was this really all about? And one of the things that John wants us to know is the story of the Messiah, the story of Jesus the Christ, began long before Bethlehem. It actually began long before Mary and Joseph. John wants you to know this is a God thing from the very beginning. And John will then take us all the way back before creation. The prologue, the first 18 verses of John are known as the prologue. And and the interesting thing about this section of Scripture is in these 18 verses, you get the essence of the entire gospel according to John. So one of the things I encourage you to do sometime is read the prologue, read the entire gospel of John, then come back and read the prologue again and see how these 18 verses seem to just summarize and set the groundwork for the entire story of the good news of Jesus Christ. How does John begin? In the beginning. Now those simple words to us may just float right by, but everyone who heard the story in biblical times knew, wait a minute, this is a Genesis story. This is a creation story because Genesis began with those exact same words, in the beginning. As a matter of fact, some of the books of the Bible in the Old Testament times and biblical times, sometimes the books of the Bible were actually known by those first sentences of the book. That's how they were referred to, such as there are hymnals today that you actually go to the index and and the index lists the hymns by the first line of the hymn. So when John begins in the beginning, it would have triggered, wait a minute, that's Genesis. Genesis is the in the beginning book. But John is letting us know something's happening here. You might remember Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. John tells the story in the beginning because this is a creation story. Actually, John is telling us right at the very beginning, this is a re-creation story. That the God who created this world, the God who gave us light and life, The God who created us in His own image, that God is now intervening and recreating. 
God is restoring his creation. God is renewing his creation. Obviously a brokenness has occurred and God is now getting involved. God is acting and the story of Christmas according to John is that God did something incredible and God himself got involved. So how does God do it? Well, John says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. Word. Now that word in the Greek is logos. Logos. And it's, it's, a, it's a theology that explains to us how Jesus actually pre-existed well before creation as the Word of God. How did God create? If you go back to Genesis, what we just read, God created through His Word. God would say, let there be, and God's Word created. John is telling us that God, or the Word, created. Without Him was not anything made that was made. So God created by His Word. It was, it was a, a theology that the people knew long before John said that. For example, if you look in the book of Psalms, Psalm 33 verse 6 says, By the Word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all their host by the breath of His mouth. God created by saying it, by the Word. And, and we also see that the law of Moses was given by the Word. God spoke to Moses the law and, and shared with him, thus says the Lord. We hear that with the prophets as well. God is saying constantly through the prophets to the people, thus saith the Lord. The Word of God has been involved from the very beginning. Isaiah 55 verse 11 says, So shall my word be that goes from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. And now, salvation. Recreation. God's intervention is through the word the Word that was with God and the Word that was God. God intervening in our world. God bringing salvation through His Word. And, and what is God seeking to do? John tells us He's bringing back into our world light and life. I mean, think about the creation story. What, what was the first thing that God created? We, we read it in verse 3 of Genesis 1. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. It was good. And God continues to create now that the light has shone in the darkness. Life is able to be created, including us being created in the image of God. But when you read the story of Genesis, you only get to chapter 3, and wow, there was light, there was life, it was good, God created us, it was very good. Chapter 3, temptation enters the world, disobedience enters the world, sin enters the world, brokenness enters the world, and darkness, darkness. 
What is the opposite? John told us that, that God was bringing light and life. What is the opposite of light? Darkness. What is the opposite of life? Death. And what do we see early on in Genesis that God begins to deal with but darkness and death? But God couldn't leave it alone. Our sin and our brokenness, brokenness that, that led to the darkness and the death that, that we see all around us in our world, God just couldn't let it go. This was God's creation. It was good. Behold, it was even very good. And God could not just walk away from it. John will tell us in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world. Jesus' words himself is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever would believe in him would never perish but have everlasting life. For God didn't want the darkness to take over his creation and God didn't want death to be that which rules our world. But God brought us life and light. John 1 verse 3 what has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all the people. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness could not overcome it. I mean, once again, God recreates and bursts across his creation light and life. And the darkness may try to darken it, but it couldn't overcome it. And now we have the choice. We have the option of being children of darkness, children of death, or to be the children of God with the children of light and life. It's why Paul, Paul in writing to the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 5 says, For you are all children of light and children of the day we are not of the night or of darkness john put it this way in john 1 verse 12 he said but to all who received him who believed in his name he gave power to become children of god who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man but of God. God is seeking to recreate His world, recreate creation, and give us a chance to be born again, born anew, recreated. When you hear this and you, you dig into this, when you turn over to John chapter 3 and you hear this great story of a conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus, it'll begin to make sense. Remember the story? Nicodemus, who was a, a Pharisee, comes up to Jesus when? At night, in the darkness. And he comes up to Jesus and he goes, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God because nobody can do the kind of things that you do unless God is with you. And Jesus looked at him and said, you need to be born again. You need to be born anew. You need to be recreated. 
That's the message that we have here. Verse 3, John 3, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. Christmas is the story of God seeking to intervene. That, that God just could not bear watching His world become a world of darkness and a world of death, but instead God Himself, the Word of God, the very Word that created the world, is now going to intervene in that world and give us the opportunity to experience light and life by receiving God's Word, by receiving Jesus the Christ in our lives. That's why I love verse 14. John 1, 14 says, And the Word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory is of a Father's only Son, full of grace and of truth. The Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. And verse 14, the Word, God, becomes flesh and lives among us. That's what John wants you to hear. This baby in the manger that Luke tells us about, this child that the wise men come to offer gifts, this is God. God is intervening. This is God in the manger, as Bonhoeffer says. This is God who will not give up on you because God so loves you. And he became flesh. We refer to this as the incarnation. Carne means flesh. So incarnation is becoming in flesh. That God incarnate, God put on flesh and blood and chose to live among us. I mean, think about the beauty of this. John is telling us that God created but rather than being a distant God looking down upon His creation, just shaking His head, God chooses to become part of His creation, to come and live among us. And the Word became flesh and lived among us. That, that Greek word there is skenoo, and it means He pitched His tent. It, it's another way of saying He tabernacled among us. Some of your translations may say he pitched his tent, he tabernacled. I love the way Eugene Peterson puts it in the message as well, and that is that the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. But that Greek word for tabernacled, to dwell with, pitched the tent, is a reminder of those Old Testament days. Remember the tabernacle? Remember how the people of God needed to know that God was with them? And sometimes we need something tangible that helps us to realize and see God is with us. So they built the tabernacle, that portable tent that would go with them as they were making the journey. And now we're told that God tabernacles among us. He pitches his tent among us. He dwells with us, moves into the neighborhood. In other words, 
God chose to get involved. John wants you to know up front, this God who's bringing you light and life and could do it in a way that the darkness cannot overcome it. It'll try. You might remember on Good Friday, darkness thought it won Easter Sunday, light. The light shone and the darkness could not overcome it. Well, this is a God thing. This is a God who loves you so much that He would humble Himself, as Paul says, and take on human form to live among us, to offer us the gift of light, life, eternal life, forgiveness, salvation. John wants you to know, the baby that Luke tells you about from the manger, the child that Matthew tells you about, that the wise men come to see, this is God. God from the very beginning, choosing to come in human form in the person and work of Jesus the Christ. N.T. Wright puts it this way. He said, if you want to know who the true God is, look long and hard at Jesus. Catch that. If you want to know who the true God is, look long and hard at Jesus. The creator of the world, John says, in the beginning. The one who created in the beginning intervenes again. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Because God so loves the world. It's no wonder that John will be, be the one who tells us that Thomas then, in John 20, will fall at the feet of Jesus and go, My Lord and my God. That's what this story is all about. That's the gospel, the good news of Jesus the Christ, is that God Himself, long before creation, recreates in and through Jesus Christ, took on flesh, lived in the very world that He created. The very God who created the world has come Himself to save it. John Wesley puts it this way. It tells the saving story of Jesus as the Son of God dwelling among humans. Christmas. It's about God, the Creator God, giving us a chance to be recreated and experience light and life, everlasting life. Will you pray with me? God, we praise you for the joy of Christmas. Because the story of Christmas is your story. We make it about us. But John reminds us it's all about you. And how from the very beginning you created 
and you yourself chose to become flesh and live among us. This child is none other than you, God in the flesh. Because you so love your world, you could not bear to see darkness and death reign. So you came to shine your light and offer us life. You give us the gift of salvation. You allow us to be born anew with a fresh, clean start with you. You give us a chance at recreation. So God, we pray that we will receive this gift. For to all who received him who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. Help us, we pray, to be your children, children of light and not of darkness. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.